Hello everyone, Dan here with a little bit of a surprise gift for you all to enjoy over the holiday period. Long-time listeners of the show know that back in summer of this year, I recorded a six-part mini-series titled Right and Wrongs with my buddy and best-selling author John L. Monk. Since we're heading into the holiday spirit, we figured now would be a good time to share this extra bonus series with you, usually reserved for our Patreon supporters over at www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritersshare, so you can head on into 2021 having learned from some of the biggest mistakes that we've made along a combined 10 years of our author journeys. Enjoy the series. We hope you find it useful. They could be watched in any order, so find the ones that apply most to you. Have an amazing holiday break, and we will see you very soon. What's the one thing that all great writers have in common? They all learn from their mistakes. Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, this Great Writers Learn miniseries will give you a behind-the-curtains look at two independent authors and the struggles they've faced along the way. You can shortcut the success of your career by learning from their blunders. Welcome to Great Writers Learn with your hosts, best-selling authors Daniel Wilcox and John L. Monk. Hello and welcome to Rights and Wrongs, a Great Writers Learn mini-series in which we explore the behind the scenes of author craft, take a retrospective look at some of the biggest mistakes that we've made, and share fundamental lessons learned so that you can learn from our errors and accelerate your author career. My name's Daniel Wilcox and with me every single week is the one and only John L. Monk. Today we're going to be exploring the topic of genre hopping. So John, tell us, what is genre hopping? Genre hopping is when you basically, you're writing in horror and you wrote a book and then you say, you know, I think I'll write a fantasy. And you write a fantasy. You know, I'm going to write a thriller. And you write a thriller. And you end up writing in all these different genres. And uh, it presents um, some good things and some bad things. Uh, and uh, you hope, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know what you're hoping for. Uh, you know, maybe you're just hoping to get rid of the boredom or the hopelessness. Maybe you're doing it for the challenge. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Why do you, why do you think people genre out? Uh, so I'll, I'll speak from my own personal experience on hopping. I think there's an element of, um, a switch in creativity. So, you know, there's always a, a shiny new object. You might be really into your first book and suddenly think, oh, maybe this genre is not, not right for me. Um, and jump into a completely different one just to try your hand at that. Uh, it could be that, you know, you're not selling well and you think, okay, maybe my success lies elsewhere. Um, for some people, it's just a case of, uh, I think you mentioned on one of the previous episodes that genre hopping for you is satisfying because you're, you're trying different things and you're getting to, to experience different genres um, firsthand. So, I mean, there are lots of different reasons that people can do it. Because I think it's, it's slated often as a very, very negative thing. And again, it comes back to one thing that we have spoken about, which is if you know what it is that you're trying to get out of your writing career, then you know, genre hopping might be the way to go for you. Um, if you're looking at just creatively satisfying yourself, um, playing in lots of different things, it's not necessarily always the bad thing that people make it out to be. Yeah. For example, um, you know, just going purely from the good side, uh, you can learn what you're good at. You can learn what it is you like. Maybe you thought, maybe you like reading fantasy, but man, you hate writing it because of all the world building. Uh, you know, maybe it's easier for you to just write a world that you know it's been blasted to hell by, uh, you know, nuclear weapons or something like that. So you end up writing a, you know, post-apocalyptic. Um, but it can also be harmful. Uh, you know, you, you write a series of uh, romance novels and suddenly you're writing post-apocalyptic and then people, uh, maybe they don't cross over. So you find yourself 
in a situation where you're, you're, you know, you're not getting that funnel that you need. Uh, the whole idea of a funnel where you've written, you know, 50 books in fantasy, you know, and then people are just going through each one. They're not going to do, they're not going to hop over to your romance and from there to your, your spy thriller, you know? Mm. No, absolutely. And I think uh, if you're, for some people, there's an element of maybe you're writing to market and maybe you're looking to try and make money in a, in a different genre that sells much better than what you're doing. Um, I mean, speaking from my own experience, and I, I actually spoke about this uh, on my other podcast, Next Level Authors, pretty recently, um, which is my experience with, I, I started my journey, journey with a horror novella. And then I met up with the guys that I write with at Hawk and Cleaver. Um, and we started the Other Stories podcast, which is a fiction podcast primarily centered around horror. Somewhere down the line, um, and I have no regrets because I, I love the process of it, but somewhere down the line, I ended up going into post-apocalyptic fiction. And then a bit further on from that, went into what was essentially a post-apocalyptic slash YA slash sci-fi slash paranormal um, <laughs> mix of things that they sold, sold really well, but I think I was one of the, the, the lucky ones there. Um, and now I'm, I'm back to basically diving into horror. And I guess the reasons for my, my genre hopping down the line was an element of opportunity. Uh, it was an element of finding where I wanted to sit as a, as a creative, as an author. Um, I love my post-apocalyptic books. I really do. Uh, but I, like I say, I, what I've discovered is after trying all these different things, I've now realized that my heart is in horror. It's, it, they're the books that I read. They're the books that I want to write. But if I hadn't have gone through that other journey, journey, journey of writing these other books in different places, then I might not have reached that conclusion so quickly. And I could have gone into a thousand other different genres just to, to see where the success lay. But and now I'm, I'm settling my roots and, and placing all my chips in, in horror. Yeah, so that was a really good exercise for you. Um, and not only that, but even though you were writing in other genres, every time you put down a word, um, <clears throat> you know, that's practice. And in your case, you came out with it, learning what it is that you, where you really belong. Sometimes yeah. you have to journey away from home to find out that you really just want to be at home. You yeah. Know? And it loops back to our genre expectations conversation, because in learning what other genres needed, you also then are more able to tell the differences between the genres that you you're passionate about and other genres and, and the things that you like and, and the things that you have to hit. Let me ask you a question. What do you, when it comes to genre hopping, what do you think about pen names? Ah. <laughs> use them, don't use them. So it's a very, very difficult question to ask. I think in my opinion, um, and this is totally my opinion is that it depends on how varied those genres are um i what i've tried to do is with my fiction label it under dark fiction as opposed to saying i'm a horror author um although i am going more into i'm a horror author to collect everything that i've worked together because there's always been an element of of darkness in them i've labeled that as, as dark fiction so i'm happy having my name across all of those products whereas if i was you know going into we'll use romance as an example again or um yeah we'll use romance if i was to go in suddenly into romance i i would very very likely take on a pen name because not only not only does amazon try and push the books that are selling to particular readers and if you suddenly go from writing a horror book to writing a romance book some of their algorithms will take that latest release and push it towards the people who have made you the most money for amazon um you're also more than likely to confuse other readers and potentially disappoint them if there's you know someone waiting for you to finish a book in your series or to complete your next book 
and they suddenly see that you've released a a romantic comedy um and spent the time doing that then they might be a little disappointed and think oh why aren't you putting the effort into pleasing me the selfish reader yeah i kind of went into that quite a bit um so i wrote the jenkins cycle and the people who've read the jenkins cycle really like it um as a general rule um they're always asking me you're going to write more i wrote three books in it which i thought was you know pretty solid place to stop at least for a while it's designed i can write more uh the hell's children books it's actually called this dark age but i just know the first book is hell's children and i would say that it has two books in it and we've talked about it before on another podcast that it's like really hard to write because you're writing a kind of dark subject that i don't want it in my head too much um but when they start getting emails saying hey buy my lit rpg and in their mind they're thinking why isn't there three books why can't you write more of these books they're still kids they're going to grow up right you know maybe they're not too happy Right. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't think so, re- readers aren't, aren't patient to the plights of the author and the satis- <laughs> satisfaction of the, the creative well. I think one of the biggest public examples I've seen of that is, uh, is George R.R. R. Martin um, finishing the Game of Thrones books. Because I, I remember, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of the TV show. I've read a couple of books. I'm not, I'm not one of these ravenous people looking for the next book. Um, but I remember seeing that he'd released other works in the space of people waiting for this book to be completed. And the rage that, that that brought out of those readers who wanted the next book, but he was working on other things. And it's not that you can't work on other things. I think there's just an element of, you know, you're promising the reader that you're, you're writing a particular thing. And particularly if you're selling them on that premise, you're selling them as an, what, insert genre here, author. Um, they're going to want to receive that kind of content from you because they like your writing in those particular stories. Yeah, readers are sort of like really awful house guests. They don't really <laughs> know that you can't keep screaming at them to, to dance, monkey, dance. Give me my, give me my books. Yes. Yeah. And it was a surprise to me to hear from Jim Butcher or uh, uh, Patrick Rothfuss that they really get sick and tired of uh, of readers constantly demanding you know books from them. <laughs> you know. It's very entitled, but that's a separate <laughs> conversation. How, uh, talk us through a little bit about your, your journey of genre hopping. Right. So I wrote, I wrote this series called uh, The Jenkins Cycle. And, you know, was, they were my they were first books. It was kind of like the story that was kind of burning to get told your first book. And it was sort of, um, I would say it was dark fiction. Yeah. Um, it's a little supernatural, uh, very much a crime and murder mystery with romance and you know, lots of other things that were very difficult to market um, because it wasn't any one thing, it was many things. And, you know, that's the case. So then I decided, okay, well, why don't we write something that you want to write? Yes, uh, but is very identifiable that people could quickly type something into a search bar and get a list of books that match what I'm going to write. Uh, you could say it was writing the market before I heard the term writing to market. Hmm. Um, and I wrote Hell's Children, which is a post-apocalyptic book about the, the world going to hell. Now, where genre hopping kind of comes in is obviously, yes, I genre hopped. But one thing that did not happen was the people who liked Hell's Children did not. And it sold very, very well. I think it made, for me, well. Okay, other people, not so well. Like Lindsay Brooker, no. <laughs> but me, I think I made $25,000 in like the first three months, which was huge for me. Incredible. And not sold like that with, um, you know, the kick from the Jenkins cycle. But all those people that were buying, you know, 
tells children in leaving good reviews, uh, they did not jump over and read the Jenkins cycle. And uh, likewise, the people who read the Jenkins cycle were like, yeah, we just really want the Jenkins cycle books. Uh, you know, we're not really interested in this post-apocalyptic stuff. Um, and I don't see right now with this lit RPG series, yet another genre hop, um, people kind of going to the other books. Um, the reasoning behind my genre hop the first time, I think, was uh, obviously I wanted to sell more books. And the, oddly enough, and you're going to think, well, obviously the reason why he's genre hopping the second time is for more money. More money can also be true, but really post-apocalyptic, the series that I was writing is just very, very hard on my soul. It's about kids in a world where lots and lots of guns and ammunition, no parents, everybody, all the adults have died. And I tend to write realistically, and we both know how, real, how realistic humans would be in an unsupervised world where, you know, muscle kind of makes the rules, you know? Yes. So that kind of thing was very hard on the soul. And I was thinking, yeah, I don't want to write that, but I also don't want to go back to kick because it's not going to make me any money. Um, you know, I had screwed around with, I wrote an erotica book, which I thought was a really enjoyable experience. I used a pen name. <laughs> it was an enjoyable experience in the sense that I got to exercise different parts of my brain. <laughs> it's getting nasty. Anyway, you get the idea. It's a, yeah. It is kind of a challenge. So that's another reason the genre hop is if you want to challenge. But going into lit RPG, one could say I was writing to market. Um, but as I said, that can also be true. The very first book I ever tried to write was about a person who goes into a virtual world where magic could work inside of a computer system. And that was back in the late 90s. So I'd always had this story burning in me. I was just never, I gave up on it because the Matrix came out. Hmm. Um, and I was like, no one's going to want to, they're going to think I'm ripping off the matrix. And I just gave up on it. So, uh, you know, it has to be in you, you know, don't, I, I don't just follow the money. I can follow money and have that also be true. There's yeah. other reasonings. Uh, and uh, I think in the last two cases, post-apocalyptic, lit RPG, it's paying off creatively and uh, monetarily. Yeah. Yeah. How I think you I mean, you hit a good point there, which is if you are going to genre help, you still have to love or know the genre enough to, to write it and write it well. Um, and I don't, I don't think that genre hopping is all, all, all doom and gloom. I think, like you say, you found success of varying kinds in two different genres. Um, I'm doing okay in the genre that I'm working in after working in other genres. Um, there are some other people that, you know, people listening to this if you want to check out other interviews on the great writers share including um michael anderley does very well hopping across different genres um of varying types um people like michael brent collings who he he surprised me he jumps across to a lot of different genres um and makes quite a good career out of it because it fills him creatively and he's in a position where you know it's, it's earning him earning him well so it can be done i think you just have to be very deliberate and i think one one thing that people automatically think is going to happen and um, it's something that I see a lot is people look at Stephen King who can make his name the genre and yes. dive straight into trying to make that happen. Because obviously Stephen King's done, you know, things from Shawshank Redemption to Pet Cemetery to the Mr. Mercedes series and they hop across blending all different genres. But unless you're Stephen King, 
the chances are that's probably not going to happen, at least not straight away for you. So don't put all of your money into trying to make that your, your mainstay as a career and try and, in my opinion, I think you should at least try and do well mining at least one genre that you're happy with to start with. Yeah, there's definitely, uh, you know, be careful the first thing you pick, maybe. Um, mm. You know, it's good that if you're listening to this podcast, this is the podcast I would have wanted to listen to before I wrote Kick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, and like I say, it's it's my my journey. I, you know, it's taken me four four and a half years to get to a point where I'm solid on the genre that I want to write in. And um, again, I'm going to uh, plug a previous episode. Listen to uh, an interview I did with TMW Ashford where we talk about his experience and my experience in writing across different things for four or five years, but using, not seeing that time as, as time wasted, seeing that time as time in which you've invested in learning in which you know more about yourself and you can confidently then go forward into a genre that you want to, to excel in. Um, so it's, it's all learning. It's no, nobody ever does it right first time. And I think sometimes you have to, like you say, you have to leave home to realize how much you appreciate it in the long run. Yeah. That was very wise of me when I said that. Yes. It was. It was incredibly poignant. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, do you have any more points on genre hopping? Yeah. Here's one. When you're going to genre hop, uh, don't, you know, give it a good go. Write a couple of books in the genre and then move to the next genre. Don't write one book. Oh, that didn't sell. Write, then you write a horror. One book, that didn't sell. Yes. One close to Pac. Yeah. That's, my, doing, that's yeah. my last tip. <laughs> no, you're doing yourself a massive disservice if you do. You have to you have to give it a chance. You have to at least try and make something happen. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for this episode. Thank you to John for keeping me company. And if you've got your own lessons or cautionary tales regarding genre hopping that you're dying to share, then you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash great writers share or leave a comment at facebook.com slash groups slash great writers share or tag us with hashtag great writers learn. Join us next time when we'll be exploring the rights and wrongs of author brand. And thank you again, John, for keeping me company. Uh, you know, I, I love doing that. So no problem. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Great Writers Learn mini-series, Rights and Wrongs. If you're looking for even more content created specifically to boost your creative wealth and accelerate your author career, then head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash greatwriterssshare and get involved in the community. From all of us here over at the Great Writers Share HQ, including myself, Holly Line, John Crennan and Faye Trask, have an amazing Christmas and here's to an incredible 2021. Until next time. Acast powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hi, I'm Jackie Johnson, the beauty talk shock jock, and I host Natch Butte, a podcast that explores the self-care space while laughing, yelling, singing, and keeping things cruelty-free. Oh, yeah. I gab with celebs, makeup artists, female indie brand owners, 
and fellow funny folks about what beauty and self-care mean to them, as well as what's in their bags. Looking good while doing good, we are voting with our wallets, we are buying cruelty-free products, and we are having a goddamn blast laughing with our pals while we do it. That's Natch Butte. This is the Natch Butte Pod. Welcome, baby. Listen to Natch Butte on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast, 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 Acast recommends. recommends.